Hello, everyone, and welcome to Bookends with Friends. This is your co-host, Parker Moon. I'm your follow-up co-host, who's not as good as the first one, Brett Irvin. This is your co-host, Daniel Phillips. And we are a weekly book club podcast where we go over one book a month and make friends along the way. Just real quick before we uh, get into a special episode, uh, our book of the month for August is Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus. So check that out and read it if you'd like to and join along. Uh, I believe our episode will be August 26th. Yeah, that sounds right. That sounds good. No, August... uh August 30th, because we have five episodes this month. So yeah, August 30th. All right, sweet. So as Brett alluded, we have a very special episode today. Uh, There is a fourth co-host in the recording booth. Uh, What's going on, Evan? Hey, everybody. Wow, this is great. (laughs) We are so excited to have you on. Uh, For those of you who don't know, Evan uh, is a popular figure individual in the book talk community um who and he also has an incredible podcast himself book reviews kill with his co-host chad um so 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 check that out we are excited to have him on the podcast today uh and i'm gonna shut up now and let evan kind of uh, give his spiel as we jump into short stories uh where we talk where we catch up and uh talk about what we're currently reading so so evan this this is your time Hi, everybody. My name is Evan. I run a book, re- book Reviews Kill, which is a TikTok page, an Instagram page, and important, most importantly, a podcast that I run with my very best friend, childhood best friend, Chad. Uh, we do a weekly episode on Monday as well as a weekly episode on Friday. Uh, the Monday episode is news and kind of what we're reading that week, kind of a weekly recap, followed by a fictional fun fact at the end of the episode. And then Fridays are reserved for questions from our community that we've built on Discord. In addition to that, we also recap short stories and we, and most importantly, uh, recap whole series. Uh, we do one episode per book so that we can really crush those series out. And we've only been a podcast for about seven months and I think we're already on our sixth uh, series. So we are moving right through those. So if you like reading along with people, come on to our, to our podcast and yeah, listen to us recap the episode with some nice music, or recap the book, I should say, with some nice music, and then deep dive into it. I, I love the music behind behind your uh, your synopsis, and also nice I'm touch. excited for the Dark Tower series that I heard you guys yeah. are doing soon. Um, I've read the first one. I need to read the other ones, but I am very excited for that. I am also really excited for the Dark Tower because I've read all of them, but Chad has not. And that's okay. the first time that we've done a series where one of us has read the, the series in its entirety and the other person hasn't. So yeah. I'm really excited to get through that. Um, we're going to get to the Dark Tower here soon. We're gonna we're finishing up Books of Babel right now, and then we're going to read uh, the Devabad trilogy by uh, S.A. Chakravorty. And so that'll take us like three or four weeks, and then we're going right into the Dark Tower. That's a hefty list. That's a good list yeah. of books coming up. Yeah, let me. Uh, I'll, I'll say. I'll say what we've done already, real quick. We've done. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we've done Lycanius trilogy by James Islington, uh, the Greenbone Saga by Fonda Lee, uh, the Winter Night trilogy by Catherine Arden. Yep. And we did a Warbreaker by Brandon Sanderson. We're on the books of Babel Great right episode. now. Yeah. Oh, the Warbreaker episode was long. <laughs> <laughs> it was really. Long. We had a lot to say about Warbreaker. It was so. Yeah, I loved it. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a it's a good time. I really love it. Awesome. Well, uh, Parker and Brett, I just uh, see what you guys are reading currently. Or I, I, Evan, I guess, are you reading anything other than your podcast books? Yeah, 
I'm about halfway through the uh, the Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. I'm liking that quite a bit. Great book. Yeah, I like V.E. Schwab a lot. I, I really want to get V.E. Schwab on the podcast, uh, but I'd probably be too nervous to talk to her. <laughs> that would be, I, I mean, I would I would immediately tune in and uh, yeah. God, that would be so cool. <laughs> Please do, because that would be fantastic. Yeah, I'll reach out for sure. I mean, there's nothing wrong. There's no harm in reaching out to somebody. Yeah, shoot your shot. Yeah. Um, and also, I'm on vol- Deluxe Volume 9 of Berserk right now. Um, I had to take a little bit of a break from it because I was just, it was taking over everything and I needed to get to other <laughs> stuff, but I'm almost done with like where we're at currently with, um, up to what's currently released for Berserk. And, okay. um, I'm also reading, oh, I'm rereading, uh, a series of unfortunate events. I'm on the wide window right now. Yeah. This series is so great. Yeah. <laughs> it's a classic. It's so good. Yeah. You guys are talking about, I think you're talking about, um, uh, Jim Carrey and then uh, Neil Patrick Harris having to following up follow up oh, Jim Carrey's yeah. performance. Yeah, that's a bummer. I yeah. know. I feel like Neil Patrick Harris put like a lot of his own like energy and money and time and just every his his all into that show. And I watched like a few episodes and it was just yeah, that's okay. Yeah, yeah like <laughs> that's exactly how I felt about it. I think I watched the first season and I was just like, yeah, it's fine. Like, yeah, but it's just not it's not Jim Carrey. Now, how do you compete with Jim Carrey? Yeah, yeah, he was born for that role. Yeah, he did a really good job on it. Um, I think that's that's about. I mean, I'm kind of I'm chipping away at some other stuff. Like I'm reading like Albert Camus' uh, Myth of Sisyphus right now, but it's like pretty heady and like dense, and um, I just kind of like read it to fall asleep. And <laughs> I feel like Albert Camus would be fine with me, like and my my flippancy toward his book, you know. Uh, <laughs> But uh, and I'm also still I'm kind of reading um, the Rangers Apprentice series, but like that's like super duper back burner stuff because like I just I don't really have like strong feelings on it one way or the other. You know, mm. it's, it's like it's a cool like safe um, YA like fantasy series, but like yeah, I don't know. It's like it's all right. Yeah, still great. <laughs> I like pick it up now and then. But yeah, what are you all reading? So I started Murderbot Diaries this oh, this cool. week. I don't know if you've read that or not or, or, or heard of those, but the premise of Murderbot, if you have not heard of it, is uh, basically this security sentient robot has removed his uh, quote unquote governor module. And so what this <laughs> has done is it, it stops him from being controlled by the corporation that has created him. And he has done this because uh, he doesn't like working and he would rather watch sitcoms all day. Um, (laughs) And so he he purposely does like a poor job at work. So uh, in in hopes of not getting hired by by more clients so he can watch more like soaps. Um, (laughs) And so uh, each but it's it's a series of uh, novellas. So they're, you know. I bought the first four books or four novellas, I guess, and they're all like 120, 150 pages or so. So like I read the first two in a day, basically. Oh, wow. And each one, like they they play through like a, it's almost like a Mandalorian episode. Like you get one little story about Murderbot with like a client that's hired him. Um, But they're like uh, surprisingly wholesome. Like they're really cute and kind of like, (laughs) Like I, you relate to Murderbot, <laughs> which is just his name. Um, so, so those are really fun. And then I'm actually rereading Words of Radiance right now because 
Uh, I think that book has just become like a comfort book for me. Totally. And when I when I'm having a hard week, I'm like, let me pick up my comfort 1300 page book and just <laughs> chew through it. So I've just been escaping into to Roshar again, which has been so nice. I reread Way of Kings earlier this year, and the plan was to span out the reread for two years until the fifth Stormlight book, but I just got I, I just wanted to get to two since it was my favorite. So well, and it just got pushed back again. So yeah, did it really? It, it's it's 2023 now, right? It was it was 2022 originally. Oh, it's it's 2024 for Stormlight Five. Oh, yeah, oh, that's right. Okay, that sorry, up. that's yeah. yeah, years mixed up. Oh yeah. man, uh, so long to wait. I know yeah. it's gonna it's it's killing me. But we we have so much Sanderson comment or content <laughs> coming out in the next year. I think we'll be we'll be okay with all the I'm secret gonna... projects and lost metal and everything else not gonna be okay maybe if i reread them <laughs> fast enough i can do a third reread yeah, yeah there you go <laughs> book Probably. five um yeah so i i'm focused on Murderbot and stormlight right now killer i am on uh my first read through of stormlight and i am on rhythm right now so i'm about a third of the way through rhythm of war and obviously loving it oathbringer has been my favorite so far but uh yeah so that's my current project is Rhythm of War. I still haven't read Rhythm of War. Okay. I was about to say, I want Evan to tell me his favorite Stormlight book. <laughs> yeah. Because I Quiet. want someone on my side. Oh, I mean, <laughs> mine personally is uh, The Way of Kings. Okay. Um, I, it's okay. not that I think that they get worse as they go or anything, but um, yeah. I think Way of Kings just like the getting introduced to the the bridge runners and like the the final kind of like sander lanch at the end of that it's, one in particular is yeah. just it's like 150 pages of just like lot. your your hands on either side of right. your face yeah. You know? yeah um i think uh it's very it's like nice and kaladin heavy and very dalinar heavy and just yeah i i think that maybe it's just like my initial experience with it that I just am like nostalgic for because mm. um, the immersion I hadn't been like like immersed to that degree in like a few years I felt like uh, but when I picked up Way of Kings and I was initially really put off by it because I'd only read um, I'd only read Sanderson's um, ending for the Wheel of Time Okay. Uh, before I picked up Stormlight. So, I mean, I couldn't really tell if I liked his writing or if I just liked the ideas that Robert Jordan had written down before he died. Um, so at first with Way of Kings, I was kind of like, all right, this, that's a pretty cool uh, prologue, I guess. Not technically yeah. a prologue. <laughs> yeah, and, then, right. and then, okay, well, we have prologue part two. All right. Okay. Oh, now we're over with this guy. Oh, a, oh, a memory. Oh, my God. Like, what the hell is going on? You know, um, I feel I feel like it took me about maybe like a hundred pages mm. to where I was like I feel like I understand what's going on. Right. It's so funny. A hundred pages is like chapter two. Right. I think. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I think once you get to the shattered planes, it's yes. like, oh, oh my god, this is so yeah. cool. Like that yeah. first um scene with Dalinar and um Adolin, um, uh, when they're kinda like writing with their retinue through the shattered planes and that chasm fiend comes up. And right. Like that was when I was kind of like, all right, whatever this is, I'm super, <laughs> super yep. into it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think way of Kings. Uh, I mean, uh, I haven't read rhythm of war because, and it's such a dumb reason why I haven't read it, but it's because it was only out in hardcover. And no. So yeah, it's so dumb. I should have just bought it or like, it's not, that is not dumb. <laughs> I didn't want I have... that giant book on my shelf. 
Oh my god, <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. I've got my my three very well read paperbacks that yeah. like the mass markets, and I, I like a really nice set, or I like the mass market paperback to look really worn. And so I've got the three Stormlight like very used paperbacks and then the rhythm of war which is triple the size barely fits on my bookshelf <laughs> and if when the mass market comes out it might be out but i'm gonna buy it and like i might just like crack open the spine to make it look <laughs> like i've read it, it to look good. <laughs> like the size yeah. of the gutenberg bible yeah i think <laughs> like, i was just kind of like i was like um, i was kind of unmotivated just i mean not because i didn't like the first three at all at all but just because um it was like the combination of me not wanting this giant doorstop around my shelf plus mm-hmm. knowing that the fifth one wasn't going to come out for a few right. years and having so many other things to read because i think yep. that the fifth one there's a i think there's a massive like time skip after the yeah. fifth one it's sub mm-hmm. two sub series yeah. okay cool two yeah sets so of five so i'm I'm cool with just reading, just rereading all four or all three, and then reading Rhythm of War, and then reading the fifth one yep. when it comes out. I think we're gonna do that on the podcast. I think it's Ooh. oh nice, it's good yeah. Can't wait for that. Yeah, that's that's what I was doing with the uh, the Red Rising series, and I yeah. made the mistake of reading Iron Gold last month and getting completely sucked back in. Yeah, and it ended on like a semi cliffhanger. That's not too bad, and the. Uh, sixth book which is the third in the second series comes out in december and so i just have dark age in between that and i was like oh well i'll just you know i'll put it off but it, it's not like i one i've gotten it on libby so now i'm like okay yeah. now it's just sitting there and i either have to like kick it out or you know whatever but Airplane um mode. i well i've heard i've heard <laughs> it just it's it's another cliffhanger yeah, and i feel like there's Brown's one. particularly bad about that yeah, yeah I've heard it's and so i don't know i don't know if i can will myself to do that mm-hmm. until like the i don't know if i want to read it until like the week before the the uh third one comes out and then i also i, I thought it was going to end with the third and apparently there's mm-hmm. a fourth one coming out yeah, seventh, so, yeah oh yeah, god I'm yeah a, seven, I'm yeah a, I'm not playing Pierce Brown's game. Like I'm, I'm <laughs> like as as soon as I finished uh, the uh, Morning Star, um, my my girlfriend at the time and my, my now ex girlfriend had already read uh, Iron Gold, and um, it, she was like crying. She's like, "Why aren't there more of these?" And I was just like, "Nope, I'm not doing this. Right, I'm not. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna wait until whatever. I'm not getting burned." by this pretty man again. Like, yes, that is a good call. It hurts. It hurts a lot. <laughs> Man. Stupid, oh, pretty, yeah. pretty genius. Yeah, right. <laughs> Honestly, Parker, um, what are you reading? Yeah, so sorry to get yeah get us back on track. So I'm reading. I'm still reading um, a magic steeped in poison. Uh, I'm I'm probably about a halfway halfway through there. It the the pacing is a little strange and the tone's a little strange. So uh, it was one of those that just like it took me a good hundred and fifty pages to before I started to feel like really connected with the characters um and it's only about a 380 page book so i don't know i that you know up in the air for for that book right now uh, i'm still playing on I'm, i started hollow kingdom uh that's the one that's kind of gotten pushed the wayside and now i'm like halfway through lessons in chemistry and i don't know if you lads have started it yet but it is incredibly well written right. bonnie garmus knows what she's doing it's good stuff. Oh yeah, I've seen this for sure. Uh, I haven't heard of a Magic Steeped in Poison before. It looks cool. Yeah, that so cover yeah, the, the, cover, really the cover, the yeah. cover, it's gorgeous. And the second one comes out, I, I think maybe later this month. Uh, maybe I have that wrong. Maybe it's 
next year. I don't know. I could be way off, but um, I, I picked it up and I, you know, the, the premise of it is so good. It's right up my alley. Like it's a, a kind of like a, a Mulan story a little bit like re- redeeming honor, you know, kind of going on the secret mission, but the, the magic system is all based off of like, uh, like how you steep tea kind of in, and what leaves you use Whoa. kind of infuses the magic <laughs> which I, it's it's such a cool premise and so that's what, like i was i was so drawn to it um and enamored by the cover and uh the the it's just it's just weird. like I, I think the pacing was just it caught me off like caught me by surprise at the start but now that i'm into it i'm i'm it, it's picking up pace and i'm i'm more sucked in so i'll probably i'll probably have that one finished by end of week i imagine that tea is ready to go it's ready to go yeah hell yeah uh, sweet. All right. Well, let's bounce over to quote of the week. And th- uh, we did have some listeners submit quote of the week this week. Thank you so much, listeners. We will have those quotes uh, p- as potential quotes of the week for next week's episode. This week, we are giving Evan the reins. And uh, Evan, this is our segment where um, uh, you know you you've brought a quote, and and us as bookends and friends and our listeners. We will live by this quote for the rest of the week. So you have a lot of power in your hands. Awesome. Yeah, um, I mentioned this on one of our previous episodes on my podcast, um, but this quote has just been rattling around in my head for a while, for a really long time, like a dice in a cup. And it basically, it's uh, it's from, I can't remember which Books of Babel book it's from because I've read all of them. Um, but the quote is, it's better to go forward into ruin than backward into rot. It's such All a right. fantastic that's, that's quote. Beautiful. Yeah, I think yeah. about it constantly. Like, I mean, it's it's a very good kind of like, look, if you're gonna do something, just do it. Even if right. it total, if it's a total disaster, it's better than stagnation. It's yes, better yeah. than stasis. You know, um, because you can at least learn something from the ruin. You can you can pick yourself back up and back into ruination or back into or forward into success. But like, don't let yourself like fall back. You know, and like, yeah, that's a there's a lot of I don't know if any of you have read the books of Babel by Josiah Bancroft. Uh, I'm like spearheading a movement to get those books <laughs> as popular as they could possibly be. Cause I, th- I honestly think that those four books are going to be remembered for decades as some of the best fantasy. Books. I'm, 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 like, I'm adding are... it to the Goodreads right now. So that will be moving up the list. Go in with a, a little bit of go in with the knowledge that um, Senlin Ascends is a very, very good book, but it's the weakest of all four of them. Um, is that the first? Yeah. Um, okay. it, it really picks up steam because <laughs> it's kind of steampunk, but like it really, <laughs> it picks up so much in the second book and just, I mean, it's, they're long, they're very wordy. Like he has a very, um, he has like a very particular prose that's I could pick it out of a lineup for sure. Hmm. Um, he's he has a very expansive vocabulary. Like I have a fairly expansive vocabulary, and I'm constantly having to look up words where it's like, you know, <laughs> like he'll use like sagacious, and it's just like, oh come on, man! Like I don't, I don't know <laughs> what that word Pause. means. Like, uh, but yeah, there are fantastic. Um, and there's just so many little lines like that in those books where. Like, uh, like don't, uh, the, the, the other one, the other one is like, don't, uh, don't feed both of your limbs. I'm kind of like paraphrasing, but like, don't feed your, both of your limbs to an angry dog because more angry dogs are going to come and then you're going to not have limbs anymore. You know? And it's like, I, I've butchered the quote, but basically what he was saying is like, don't give in to somebody that's trying to like screw you over because that's going to keep happening. And if you mm-hmm. give into it, you're going to be in a worse position when it happens again, you know, like yeah. stand up for yourself. Like, and it's just like, he just litters them in 
in between these scenes that are I don't think that he has like a um like a like a filter for his ideas. I think as soon as they come, he's just like, all right, we're gonna make that work too. We're gonna do it all. <laughs> we're doing everything. Everything's going in here. You know, like the, the it's just it's one of those series that I think is criminally, criminally underrated. And I, I wish that I had I, I wish there was more content around it, like on TikTok and YouTube yeah. and everything, because I just want more of it. But I don't know what happened. Like I think it just kind of well, hey, well, we're joining the movement right now. Yeah, this yeah. is a groundswell. It's happening. Totally. Yeah, it's grassroots, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that that quote's great too. That is some succinct wisdom. It's 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 short, sweet, and very deep. I I'm that's gonna sit with me. I, I love that. Yeah, it's better to go forward into ruin than backward into rot. It's like so easy to remember, and yeah, that's already helped me with certain things. Where like I'm like, ah, oh, man, like I don't really feel like doing this or going and talking to these people or what anything you know yeah. going on this strange podcast and you're like oh man <laughs> <Yeah>. I... <laughs> well you're going forward right into ruin right into the right in, yeah <laughs> we'll, we'll watch it all dissolve together that's right all right well let's let's move into we have some uh interview questions so we'll just kind of do this round robin style and um sure you know whatever whatever you want to you know, hone in on and talk a lot about, just feel free. And, and then we can just let the conversation go naturally from there. Uh, I wanted to ask you, because I know you have a, a, a large following on book talk or, or TikTok. sorry, the book talk being the slang for that. I, I think it's, it's cool uh, to see kind of the community that has been built through that. Um, so I just wanted to ask you from, from your experience, from, from the other side, cause you, you know, you're, you're a pretty high level creator, I'd say in that community um you know what's your you know favorite experience from it and what's the most expected unexpected thing that's come from it sure yeah i mean uh, the best thing to come from it so far has been like encouragement to read things that i'd never heard of or things that i had heard of but i've been kind of like on the fence about starting uh to be honest like my reading before joining this community was it was deep but not very wide uh, mm. so i've been pointed to a lot more of a diverse landscape which like while I feel like I would have gotten to those books eventually, like that process was like definitely expedited by being so involved in a diverse community. So that's definitely it. Like, I mean, just reading things that I might not have gotten to, but because people were so excited about it, you know, it kind of convinced me. And then there was so much reason to be excited about it. Oh yeah, know? definitely. There's only so much a little Reddit thread is going to do to convince you, you know, seeing somebody's face and, their actual excitement about something and the discourse around it helps a lot. Yeah. The most unexpected thing, at least like at first was the amount of people that took my recommendations seriously. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I mean, and, and kind of like to tack onto that, um, the amount of people that hadn't ever heard about the books or read them, like the, the ones that I really loved. Mm -hmm. Like, so for example, like going into this, I figured making any content about, Red Rising or Robin Hobbs Farseer trilogy would be kind of met with eye rolls, but like a surprising number of people had never heard about stuff like that for whatever reason. So, I mean, I'm really happy to have pointed people in the direction of work, which I would consider required reading of genre fiction. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I, I get messages uh, and I get messages pretty frequently that are man they really they super make my day of just like i wasn't reading for years and then you recommended this and now i'm off to the races again and now i'm reading for pleasure and now and it's like it's so awesome to like 
be a catalyst for somebody kind of like rediscovering or just just discovering reading in general like that is definitely i was not expecting that at all like and it's yeah that's it, awesome yeah like it'll it'll lift up an entire day though if, if i was having kind of a shitty day somebody's like hey i read the uh, assassin's apprentice and it oh my god it's so good and i'm like oh my god i know right and then before i know it i'm having like 11 <laughs> different conversations with people in my dms about books but i'll do it all day yeah yeah man you got you have good you have good vibes i think that's what it is i feel like uh, uh your videos you just have very like calming welcoming vibes we talked about it a little bit before the before we hit record um but i, I feel like your your recommendations they always come with like a lot of just uh like warm like welcome open arms uh <laughs> style or, or just like the book reviews and everything so i yeah. think it's uh it's good stuff i think it comes from um i appreciate i appreciate that yeah i mean yeah. I, th I think it comes from um for the most part like i mean with the with the podcast i do i will finish something that i wasn't really super into just because that's the nature of recapping books and you know we want to do it in its entirety so that people can have their draw their own conclusions and listen to our discourse about it and stuff but for my own personal reading and stuff that i'm reviewing on my own personal platform it's like i just won't really talk about stuff that i didn't like and uh, people have their own opinions about whether or not you should do that and um that they're totally valid of course but um i don't want to really go the cynicism yes. route like I, yeah. I think that there's a certain amount of critique that i let into my reviews um if i feel like it's pertinent and important and leaning toward maybe as close as you can get to something objective. But yeah, I mean, if I don't like an author's writing style, I'm not going to like harp on it for 30 seconds and mm -hmm. tell everybody how crappy I think it is or something. It's just, it doesn't really seem to do anything. And it's, mm -hmm. I mean, I could get way more views if I was just like, these are my five books I hate. <laughs> like, you know, like, yeah, like these are, these are authors that I wish never picked up a pen. Like, um, and I could be all <laughs> sassy about it. Um, but I just, I don't know. I just don't really like doing that. I, and, I feel like it kind of going that route too opens the floodgates for your audience to almost attack you for having <laughs> those opinions. It's yeah. way easier to just get along with people with the opinions that you share <laughs> rather than kind of like let them be like, wow, you're really wrong for thinking this or, or that type of style. Totally. And and you don't necessarily want to like create this uh, echo chamber of positivity where everything kind of like gets this homogenized kind of like I like everything I ever touch or whatever. You don't it's a it's a tough dance because you don't want to do that either. But there is like especially especially when you've got a video that gets um, like 400 comments on it. You're bound to get people in there that are just determined to misunderstand you. Yeah. Um, and that's just that kind of just comes with the territory and that's totally fine but I, i've found that the more like needlessly cynical i am mm -hmm. the the more people have uh, there's a certain validity to them misunderstanding me and then it's like now i'm in the comments with a hundred characters i'm allowed to use trying to explain myself <laughs> to somebody who had like a valid critique of my critique and now i'm just yeah. like in the weeds and um but i don't want to I would I wouldn't want to ever tell somebody um you know like this wasn't for me but like it's really good like I don't really do that either you mm -hmm. know um so I try I think honesty and authenticity is probably like the best way to go and if there is something that just kind of rubbed me the wrong way I will say it now I used to not do it at all um and then I thought about it more and 
yeah, like being honest about things that I felt like maybe just didn't didn't work for me, not necessarily things that I think are bad, right? Like, right. I wouldn't say like, you know, Brandon Sanderson's characters are all so wooden. And it's just like, well, I mean, <laughs> like the dude would say, like, that's just <laughs> your opinion, man. Like, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, uh, I could, but... Uh, and I think that that nuance is pretty important. I think then there are a lot of people that I've talked to that say it's not, and that's valid too. But like, I mean, my, in my opinion, there's a ocean of difference between saying like this character is badly written and saying, I did not connect with this character. And some people would definitely tell me that's not the way I should do it. But I don't, at this point, I really don't give a shit. No, I, I completely, <laughs> I I completely res, like that resonates because I feel like it's hard to give good nuance or, or just like have good nuanced conversation within a hundred plus characters. You know, I feel like it needs to be a, a sit down right. talk if you want to get like in depth about uh, a, a good critique. Um, but I, I do, that's, that's gotta be a tough, a fine line to balance too, but with what you're saying, we're like, you don't want to be overly positive about everything. Um, but it, I, I imagine that is, it's a tricky, uh, line to, to walk with having good conversations and not it spinning out of control of, you know, just becoming a negativity echo chamber. Right. I, and, and like, I mean, like we don't need to protect these books. You know right. what I mean? Like we don't uh, like the sanctity of writing is not threatened by people not wanting to um, call other people out for their own tastes. You know, it's it's not like I've seen the sentiment kind of um, spread around a little bit that if we're not as critical as possible about all of this, then where are all the books? Like, where are all the good books? How do we know what's even good? It's like, you know, what's good, you know, right. you know, <laughs> you know, what's good and you know what you don't like, and you know what you do like, and you don't need somebody tearing into every little detail about everything just for you to figure it out. This, then they're doing all the work for you. Why even read the book? You know, like just, just chill. Like we don't, <laughs> we don't need to, <laughs> we don't need to like, um, you know, go into like, I, I just, I hate like prose discussions and you know what I mean? And, yeah. and like yeah. just, um, but yeah, if, if that's how you want to review stuff, that's cool too. It's cool too. Yeah. Do it. You know. So on your podcast, you know, it's, it's pretty hard focused on horror, sci-fi and fantasy. I mean, I mean, that's obvious. like looking around at the bookshelf behind you, I can tell that's, <laughs> that's yeah. your bag. Right. <laughs> so, have you always been in this genre? Like even as a kid, were you attracted to these genres? Kind of what's your history with, with getting into this? Did you have a favorite series growing up that kind of led you down this route? Yeah. I mean, it was definitely Harry Potter. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that like, like Harry Potter was like the cake and Redwall, goosebumps, last years of Merlin, stuff like that was like the icing and sprinkles, you know, it was there, but like the real bedrock of all of this, like I really can, a tribute to Harry Potter. Um, and I think that a lot of people that that's the same with a lot of people, kind of, especially our generation. Right. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm 32. So when, um, when those books were coming out, it was, I was just right in the zone for those. Yep. Um, and I think that, yeah, like the immersion factor for when I was like 13 reading, um, what Goblet of Fire, I don't know. Uh, Around, whatever yeah. whatever came out um yeah when i was that age um i was kind of 
I had kind of categorized books as like this other thing that I could always go to for that immersion. And then as I started getting older, um, I was I started playing music a lot more and playing video games a lot more and reading was still always kind of there, but like it had to make space for those new hobbies that I had. But then I started touring pretty extensively with a band that I used to be in, you know, sitting around in a van for like eight hours with the same three guys for weeks on end. Um, you kind of want to start escaping a little bit more. Mm. Uh, so I started reading again, like a lot more um, when I was like traveling around and I live in Portland and um, I lived in, I used to live in Beaverton, which is a suburb of Portland, but I worked in Portland. So I would take the train for like 45 minutes to an hour each way. So about two hours of sitting on a train. So yeah, I mean, my, my reading really kind of, I went through like a, a reading renaissance in my early twenties cause I was just traveling around so much and always moving um, and able to read. So that's when I kind of got into like a song of ice and fire, King killer, first law trilogy. And I like, I read all those over the span of like a year or two. And um, you know, I just hit like a few really key series. And from there it's just, you know, there's no going back after, you know, after you cram all those series, you're reading fantasy now. No kidding. I mean, it's infinite. There's infinite series. Yeah. Two two things on that. I've got Redwall from Libby right now, Redwall 1, because Redwall was a big series for me when I was a kid, and I can't wait to see if it holds up. I, I don't know if it does or not. I've never really seen an adult talking about Redwall, so I'm super yeah. excited about that. And the other thing, are you as mad... Because a lot of people are really mad about um, uh, Patrick Rothfuss and Kingkiller. I, I've never yeah. read it. Are you upset that there's not a book three, or are you kind of just chilling because there's you know thousands of other books you can get into right now? Um, I mean, I don't think that they're like mutually exclusive. Like, I mean, I'm I'm as a as someone who wants to find out what happens next. Like, naturally, yeah. I mean, I, I want some closure on that story. Yeah. <laughs> um, Do you or think whatever. you'll get it? <laughs> Yeah, I think we'll get it. I mean, I, I think that, um, you know, first and foremost, like, uh, Rothfuss is a human with whatever yeah. reasons he has for it. Like, we don't have, we don't hang out with Patrick Rothfuss. It's like, I don't know what his whole deal is, you right. know? Like, I don't know. Um, I mean, like, I personally have, like, dealt with, uh, like, panic disorder and, and generalized anxiety and stuff like that. And I can't imagine, like, what that must be like for somebody that has like he's he's openly said that he's dealt with like uh like mental health issues surrounding exactly. his, his work yeah. so it's like i don't know i think it's funny that we give a pass to like scott lynch and you know yeah. what i mean and like everybody's like take your time scott it's totally cool it's totally cool but like patrick <laughs> Rothfuss, everybody's just like get it done yeah, oh my that, god that obviously <laughs> can't help either you know it, no it, i bet the book would be out if everyone wasn't saying get it <laughs> well and i mean like what are we what are we like? Say we get what we want, you know. We yeah. we browbeat King, uh, King Killer into being out. We 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 pressure. We put so much pressure, you know, on Rothfuss that he finally does it because he just can't deal with all the hate anymore. Yeah. Do you really think that would be a good book? You know, exactly. like I mean, I don't think it would. And um, like I don't know. I what as far as my thoughts on like the what that book is going to be like if he does it the way he wants to. I think personally, and I can only really speak for myself, like I think I'll like it. I think it'll be yeah. good. Um, but I don't think that it's going to be well received. And I think that 
unfortunately, Rothfuss is probably pretty aware of that. You know, it's like if Portal mm. 3 came out tomorrow, everybody would hate it because right. it's been 15 years, you know. Right. I mean, it's just now it's been so built up and so talked about and so discussed and so you know, everybody has their own idea. Like enough time has gone by that everybody has their own idea of what it's supposed to be, so that by the time it comes out, everyone's going to be disappointed. Yeah, it's one of my least and uh it's one of my like least favorite things about fandoms even though I love fandoms is when they oh, yeah. start to take control of the story because they want it to play out in a certain way and then they lose sight of the fact that it is the you know the creator sharing their art with us and and not the other way around, right? Like totally. not you wanting to to dictate the ending or dictate how the story goes or how it's released and I feel like it's an interesting thing with with media these days because you have some authors who you know can churn out you know five books a year you know or Stephen King you know will always be cranking out books <laughs> mm-hmm. at, at at ninety years old and then you're <laughs> like okay like it, it, people just need to have realistic expectations like that's that's fine for some for some authors and for some folks but like that's yeah. not everyone's case and that's not everyone's deal and it's unfair for the audience to try to control that like the level of output or the time you know that works best for for us yeah brett was fuming the other day because he wants more ice planet barbarians and- <laughs> <laughs> there's like 20 of them there's he so says many. i want 25 a year not 20 i've never seen somebody write books faster <laughs> yeah <laughs> ruby dixon right yeah or ruby yeah. dixon uh but um i mean like look at what happened with um like to to your point about fandoms i mean i love being a part of them as well but i mean look what happened with like the last season of game of thrones where yeah um, i wouldn't blame it on the i'm not blaming it on the fandom but like look at what the the creators of the writers were so worried about killing off favorite characters that they didn't when it would have made sense and it's like okay well now like you're not making what's true to this material you're making what you think is going to make people happy right Right. that's what i'm worried about with stuff like like the the sixth um the Song of Ice and Fire book or the, the next Gentleman Bastards book or the next King Killer book. It's like, I'd, I would hope that fans are respectful enough to appreciate that, you know, you're going to, you're, you'll get the best product when you harass the creator the least. Yeah. Uh, agreed. Agreed. So, <laughs> agreed. The, but, the, yeah. the response, I felt, I felt bad for the writers because once George was, uh, I mean, he was in the picture, but you could tell, and he's already kind of said that, or from what I've heard, he's kind of said that the book. Oh yeah, he said it's going to be than any of the different. show. Right. Yeah. You could tell he may have used them as a little bit of bait to see <laughs> how people reacted. <laughs> so he probably gave them story notes of like, oh yeah, this is what I want to do. And then when something didn't work out, he's like taking notes, like, okay, I shouldn't do this. Shouldn't do I've that. never heard that and theory before. <laughs> that's that's. I was just like, and I feel I feel it. So that's like obviously there are you know fans hated the. The final season but in a sense i'm like man i do feel bad because i feel like from the beginning i was like i feel like and it's a smart move on his part is to watch it if, if it, it's, it's true. such a weird that's such a but weird situation funny. that i feel like yeah i, I mean I, I don't know that that's been seen a lot in the past where you know an adaptation is surpassing the original creation and then they you know they run with it past so i don't know that that, that one's so unique i would have i don't I don't know who is in the right, right. or the wrong. Yeah, there. No, I know. I just, know. I just uh, yeah. I just <laughs> yeah. felt. I just felt bad for him if that's the case. But I know it could. It must have been hard to be a writer for that show. I, yeah, I mean, like the pressure was probably um, 
pretty ridiculous to get it wrapped oh, yeah. up in a certain way. Especially, I mean, I, I, I mean, I've never seen a show fall from grace oh, as God, hard so as fast. that. I mean, because yeah. um, something that really put it in perspective for me was um, when the teaser trailer for the new, um, the new show, like yeah. The, the, I, I don't even know the name House of the, of the Dragons. Show. Yeah, I, I don't even. House and it's Dragon? it's so funny because like the public the public response to it was it's so like, tepid. Yeah, and that really puts so it in hard. perspective where it's right. like, man, you have a spinoff show for arguably one of the most popular TV shows of all time, 100%. and yeah. barely a, a blip on the internet. Yeah, about, it's like, like yeah. I mean, it's like a loss of trust with fans. Like, yeah, right. they're sca- and it's, it's like they're even, scared to like it's it. The same people. But I mean, to that to that point, though, I mean, it's like, yeah, like maybe like disappointment is rife with, within these like specific niches and communities and stuff, but also um you know there are hundreds of other authors that are putting out like right equally quality work i mean honestly like i mean like rf kuang's poppy war is is in my it's it's got just as much good about it as king killer does like ve schwab's shades of magic trilogy like is amazing and it needs more attention you know like uh fonda lee's greenbone saga why are like how is that not a tv show right now you know right. what i mean like it, it should be in production i think it was but then it like fell through or whatever but i mean um if you are listening to this and, and you are really frustrated about king killer or song of ice and fire or gentleman bastards or anything your feelings are absolutely valid but there are so many different things out there for it's, you to read and yeah. enjoy so many tv shows and video games and books and manga and, and comics and graphic novels and board games and just like you can nerd out to your heart's content <laughs> like it's it's all there i You'll promise never run out <laughs> like, yeah, yeah right. you're not it's an endless void I mean, you will find something that's the that's the coolest part about this whole like the, the entire realm of fictional worlds and genre fiction and stuff like that is that feeling you get when you do find something that you like as much as something that you thought you wouldn't you wouldn't find its equal you know like i never thought that i'd find something that i liked as much as harry potter like when i was like <laughs> you know what i mean and then it's like i've found like 20 series that i like more than harry potter even though it's you know there's a special place in my heart for it but it's like on a from a from a quality or immersion standpoint like i mean uh stormlight archive is 10,000 times better than, than a lot of stuff that I've read. <laughs> yeah. And and I just, you know, uh give give other stuff a chance, you know. Mm-hmm. That's good so, good advice. Yeah. And, uh, on that note is that that kind of feels like it would be a really good one. Um I know the horror and fantasy often get um written off pretty quickly in in some circles or at least like I guess mainstream stuff yeah. and more more fantasy than horror um i feel like horror's you know got gotten a lot better on that front and not not it's not that it's the genre's fault i feel like people have started to accept that more yeah. but would you have any kind of elevator pitch for people that are interested in it but are maybe afraid to jump in or just don't know where to start yeah absolutely um i mean i think reading in general has like over the years been put on a sort of like intellectual pedestal which I don't think is like undeserved and I'm not faulting people that put it there, but like genre fiction has a tendency to get pushed aside and shunned strictly for entertainment purposes or like escapism and like yeah. boxed, boxed yeah. into those categories, which are, I mean, definitely aspects of it, 
I won't deny that, but there's a lot of truth in those lies, as uh, as Stephen King would say. You know, I mean, yeah, like reference novels and literary fiction are great, and I've read a I've read a lot, and there's a lot to glean from sitting down with those books. But like, I've learned profound lessons about the world I live in from ones I've escaped to. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, like I've learned a lot about myself through inhabiting the mind of someone else for a little while, and the reason that I love like those specific genres and stories so much is it can have the same impact as a nonfiction or Western Western canon classic, like emotionally and mentally, but with a more like palatable and interesting and immersive spectacle around yeah. it, you know, like it's, so that's kind of like my thing. Like if you've never tried it before, like there is something a little extra with it. You're still getting that same experience of like reading, you know, Ulysses or, the Scarlet Letter or The Great Gatsby or anything like that. And I mean, now those are more period pieces. And there is even you could argue something fantastical about old, like canon literature. Yeah, because it's been so long since those were put out. I mean, they're basically fantasy worlds in and of themselves. Right, anyway. Right, yeah. So I mean, like, um, throw a little dragons in there, you know, I mean, there's nothing, right. there's nothing that's taken away by adding things to it. You know, if anything, you're just adding more to your experience. And the other thing too with it is that if you start reading, you know, Robin Hobbs Farseer or you start reading A Song of Ice and Fire, it's not like now you're at this point where you can't go back and read Faulkner. You can't go back and read Steinbeck. Like you can still read that stuff, you know? I mean, yeah, it's still right. just as important. It's still just as good. I mean, I have four Steinbeck books like on my shelf right now. I love I love Steinbeck. I think he's awesome. Mm -hmm. Like and nothing is taken away from me loving what would be considered I don't know, the right things to read or whatever. I don't really know. Um I don't think there is a a right thing to read. Just you know, if uh, if something sounds interesting, go for it. Yeah, no, I think that I think that's beautifully put. I feel like uh, all all of us uh, on the book inside have run into the issue where we try to pitch, especially Sanderson's works, to to friends or family, <laughs> yeah. and they see the size of the book, or they're or, you know if, if they're not if they're not naturally inclined to fantasy, they're like, no way, no how am I going to give you know hours of my life to getting into this? Uh, so yeah. the thing that I, I try to I. I my the best pitch I, I've kind of created for at least Stormlight is I feel like those books are beautiful character studies on people dealing with real world issues of like mental health or addiction yeah. or um, um, some form of of trauma and processing, and it's just wrapped in this fantastical package. Like I feel like personally, I've taken away some really great life lessons from those fantastical stories. But it, it it's it's just the writing does such a good job of making those characters feel human, you Absolutely. know. And I I, I think that's uh, that's the uh, the thing that gets me excited and, and sucked into fantasy worlds. Um, it, it, you know, is that that what you said of of you're able to escape into it, um, escape into the mind of someone else, but then you can take something away from it that helps you, you know, in in, in real life. I always go back to Stormlight with this of like, uh, when I first read Way of Kings, one of the weaker parts for me was uh, the, the Shalanch chapters. I just, it didn't really hook me as much as the Dalinar flashbacks or like the Kaladin Chatter Plains. And then as I continued through the series and learning more about Shalan, I was just like, God dang it, I'm Shalant. Like right, I, yeah. when I hit, <laughs> when I come to like 
Because, like, I grew up with a lot of wild stuff from my childhood that, like, I'm obviously not going to go into here, but that stuff comes up. And, like, me as a person personally is, like, I'm going to go be funny instead of deal with this thing, instead of dealing with this, this stuff. And so, like, a book about, like, crabs and magic and people flying through the air put that in my face more than like a character study or like more than a nonfiction, you know, research paper yeah. on the, the same actual topic, subject. on the actual topic. Yeah. Like I got hit with that. And there was like, I can remember reading it being like, mm, wait a second, <laughs> this yeah. doesn't feel good anymore. This has got really <laughs> real. Um, and but then so, you yeah, got a I, chapter after that catharsis where someone's <laughs> fighting a chasm fan. You can take a little break from <laughs> right. it. Yeah, you know right. what I mean? it doesn't have to yeah. be like this whole thing. Right, exactly. It's, um, it hits you in waves, which is always nice. You know, as we've kind of progressed th- uh, and kind of started absorbing like a lot more kind of like short form media, and this is through no fault of any, this is just a natural evolution, um, but I think it's something to be aware of. We tend to really gravitate toward the best we want the best we want you know it's like you go on TikTok and like the videos that are doing really well in the book talk community are the ones that are like these books shattered me like these books these books made me shit myself and throw up at the same time you know what I mean? and, and there's a reason for that is because we we we're in a we're in a very rushed survival state a lot of us you know what i mean like a lot of us are we're just trying to figure this out and like pay our bills and go to work and just like not have a total fucking meltdown like every day and so when you do have that free time what we what we want to do is fill that free time with the absolute best thing you can find you know what i mean because if you're going to spend your free time on something it has to be incredible right and so and that is super valid i feel that all the time but I think that one of, maybe one of the reasons that science fiction, fantasy, horror gets kind of shunted a little bit is because over the decades, it's been considered this kind of secondary medium, this lowbrow kind of like way of, of, of taking in literature. And so if you really want to fill up that free time, the best way to do it is to fill it up with the great works of literature, you know, like the mm. best, what is considered the best literature. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I mean, the Western canon is problematic as shit just we don't have to get into that we don't have to get into that but like but there is something to be said of like just try stuff out it's not going to take you your whole life to read a 300 page book you know or or 50 pages of a 300 page book you know it takes less than an hour sometimes you know it's like you never know what cool new thing you might start getting into so like my advice you know this is my like giant five minute long way of saying just give it a shot like try different stuff out because you never know like you might you might really enjoy it and you'd be kicking yourself if you waited till you were in your 70s to pick up a hobby that you uh you know you could have gotten into in your 20s you know yeah, sure no doubt that's good stuff all right well i'm gonna i'm gonna take us in a little bit of a different direction to have some fun and i i hope this question because I was, I was doing some evan research before the episode so i hope this question lands well uh but i i i came up with uh it, between these three uh, I hate this question. I, I, I knew. I, okay, that's yeah, good. That's a good sign. That's a good sign. All right, one has to go. You have Stephen King, Brandon Sanderson, and Isaac Asimov. Who are you choosing and why? Uh, I, you can stay. You, I, you uh, only have to. You only have to choose one of the best authors of these genre, you know, of all time to to let go. So you know. I mean, Stephen King is staying, 
obviously. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think it's got it. I think it's Sanderson. Like, uh, and I know I know that it's it's because like Asimov. Asimov has to be there. Like, yeah. it's just. Mm. It's, <laughs> it's like it's not even like it's just like it's it's just his his influence on science fiction. Like, if it wasn't there, you know, like I don't know yep. what that landscape would look like. I'm not saying it wouldn't exist, but yeah, like 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 foundation is just like the breadth of the idea of it and like what he where he took it. And I think that I think Sanderson is incredibly important right now, mm-hmm. but I think fantasy would, would probably be, okay. be fine. Like, but yeah. you know, science it's, fiction would be yeah. too. I don't know. It's so hard. Like, it's so because I think that fa- uh, fantasy is going a certain way now because of Sanderson. So, like, I don't know. Mm. Um, like, he's he's just younger in his career. Like, maybe right, that yeah. the answer might change in like thirty or forty years when a lot more of Sanderson stuff has come out. But yeah, he's still got to stick the landing with a couple more series right. before right. we can fully. I say. mean, I, I think he's yeah, he's already going to go down as one of the greats, obviously. But um, I think um, there's enough people doing things that are wildly different from Sanderson that I wouldn't attribute his writing to their influence. Um, but I don't, I don't know, man. Like it's such a tough one. Cause like, I think, uh, like, like I think, um, Sanderson doing the Kickstarter thing was really cool. Uh, yeah. I have seen a lot of takes that, um, reasons why it's not. Um, and I've heard those out and I'm, I don't know what, to what extent I agree with it, but I think that him popularizing Kickstarter as a medium for like getting things published and, and, you know, crowdfunding and stuff is really cool. Um, I think that, him like his his work ethic is really inspiring to a lot of people um like his his imagination is really like the the amount of fun that he has with everything um i think will probably rub off on a lot of authors as as we go forward Mm. ah fuck it let's kick asimov out of there (laughs) whatever yeah like yeah like that guy i mean dude like yeah i don't know let's get the let's get the stuffy old guys out of there that's right (laughs) they've had their day in they've had their day yeah i mean and honestly like i think arthur c Clarke is a better sci-fi writer than Mm. asimov um but asimov is obviously you know he did a lot but yeah let's kick him out fuck it (laughs) all right i love it (laughs) we can put you off the hot seat now i feel like we just put you through hell with that question Right. It is crazy though. We're I feel like we're in a world where there's so many authors out there just pumping out good content that like, you know, you could be addicted to sci-fi horror and fantasy and never pick up any of these three authors and yeah. live a great life of reading. Yeah, right. Totally. Are we in a renaissance or like industrial revolution for the sci-fi <laughs> fantasy genre? Um, I think we're in a little bit of, I think we're in what I would probably call like a second golden age right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that like readership is up higher than it's been in a really long time. People are mm-hmm. buying books at a rate that hasn't been seen before. Uh, people are going into things with a, with uh, a lot more of an open mind. The, the, the landscape is much more diverse than it's ever been hearing voices from all different cultures and, um, uh, in a way that we've never seen before you know i mean we had stuff like that like a little bit kind of littered in there but i mean for the most part i feel like it's pretty fair to say like like at yeah. least the genre fiction landscape was just like kind of like white dudes you know yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and uh don't get me wrong i love reading books by white dudes like i got a bunch <laughs> of them on my shelf but like it's <laughs> it's really nice it's super cool to read stuff 
that's been influenced by different cultures and experiences and that is lending a lot to oh for sure what's going on right now i mean um i'm really excited to see what comes out in the next 10 20 years i think there's going to be you know i don't know i don't know i don't know what i think we're ditching like the 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 kind of like western european um like medieval fantasy thing i think Mm -hmm. it probably died a little bit with game of thrones and um i think like sanderson uh with stormlight it was i think it was like the last gasp of it with like you know um you know just just plate armor and big broadswords and horses and stuff um i think even that though is a is a big twist on on that trope and stuff and um i'll read that stuff forever obviously but it's just so nice to see um the way everything is shifting around and changing i mean like uh greenbone saga by fonda lee is like a very good example of the direction that I'm really excited for fantasy to start going that, into. That's, uh, that's on our list this year. For, yeah, it is. Yeah. We, we have, we have yeah. Jade They're City very, is, very uh, I think that's two months from now is, is, yeah, a, is our book. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty excited for it. Yeah, people are like using magic and then like in the next chapter, the getting on a plane and having a business meeting. And stuff. <laughs> it's just like, and I know that that's been done before, but just it, this like, like high fantasy with that many changes made to what had been the norm um is is really cool i'm very excited for this question it's it's if you're looking at the list it's right after the one parker asked but we've already been talking about uh video games a ton before we started recording if uh evan if you could take any fantasy series and adapt it into a bloodborne dark souls elden ring style (laughs) video game what would you what would you choose uh, I'd pick Red Rising. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that'd be a really like uh, like leading a revolution like that in space. Uh, if I, if they did it kind of like Mass Effect or Kotor mm-hmm. or something, um, that'd be so good. Yeah, that'd be really good. I think um, just that storyline. You play as Darrow. You know, like the all the all the major points. I mean, it kind of reads like a video game sometimes. It really does. You know? um, all the battle scenes. That's very RPG esque with the like. Daryl literally gets upgrades. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Like it's he levels like, up. Yeah. It's the trainings like, and uh, the, yeah, t- t- being taught by Lauren. He's got, yeah, a, in the mines, you have to fight. Yeah. yeah. You have to fight pit vipers to learn how to fight, <laughs> yeah. learn all the controls of yeah. the game. I fully expected a section of that book to just be like, oh, Daryl, by the way, you can double jump now. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you've earned enough experience. Like, boots. yeah. Yeah, I think that would be that would be an excellent game for sure. I would buy that the day it came out for sure. So you mentioned at the top of the episode when describing your podcast um, that you and Chad are childhood friends. Um, and one of my favorite things in podcasts where it is like hosts who know each other is moments when one of them finds out about something from the other person that they're like, I've known you for and I, this <laughs> happened. This yeah. is why I'm bringing it up. Sure. Uh when you guys were doing your book questions, when you're just like answering questions from the community, like, do you, do you use, the, do you leave the cover on or you, um, you know, leave it in mystery and take off the, the dust cover, which side note, that story where the guy pulled your earbud out of your ear <laughs> to yeah. talk to you about Dune was crazy. Yeah, oh God. No, oh geez. Yeah. That just gave me anxiety, like through the microphone. Oh Lord. I like shuddered when you said that. And I was like, Oh my gosh. 
Yeah, that was a huge invasion of my personal. It's <laughs> <laughs> out. Like, sucked. Portland public transport, baby. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> um, but you, you guys in that same, and it was randomly mentioned. It was just like, and Chad said it in passing, but you guys were talking about. I think it was the dust cover mention, but Chad said when he goes to work. He puts his book in his lunch, his lunch pail oh, and puts yeah. it in the fridge. <laughs> and you were like, you're like, you're like, you put your books in the fridge. And he's like, yeah, it's just in my lunch. I don't want my boss to see it. And you were like, I've known you for 15 years. What are you talking <laughs> oh <my> about? <laughs> yeah, uh, that was the, it's it's I love doing the, the podcast with Chad. I, I It wouldn't we wouldn't be able to do it. I wouldn't be able to do it without Chad. I had initially thought maybe um, doing it by myself. Um, and I was, uh, my first idea was to do like a kind of like, um, like a Dan Carlin kind of thing where I would do kind of like this catalog of fantasy through the years and, um, like, you know, start with like, uh, Epic of Gilgamesh and move through like, uh, Greek stuff and, um, like African folklore and move into all, you know, Beowulf and Dun uh, Dunsany and stuff like that. But I, I don't know. I just, it was like so much so much research and like so much <laughs> like so i have to write like this whole like you know like a like ten thousand word scripts and stuff like that and i just didn't want yeah. to do that um but chad uh chad has read a lot of stuff that i haven't and um but he also hasn't really read as he's kind of like it, he before we started the podcast he was kind of in the same spot as i was before i started up um on book talk as far as like his reading being fairly deep but not very wide like not very diverse and um so it was a good opportunity for us like both to start reading stuff that's like outside of our normal genre or at least stuff that you know we had not really thought to read at first um so like having him to kind of like bounce ideas off of and i mean he's just he's just like i'm very like monotone and very um like kind of like i sit back quite a bit like when i'm talking and stuff and then he's like very like hunched forward and into it and he's got like a higher pitched yeah. voice than i do so um he's very very excited and happy to be there and he lends a lot to the podcast um i feel like it was just me talking like people probably like fall asleep or something uh, so like yeah chat keeps them there i'm so happy to do it with him it's awesome that's fun yeah that's so fun i love that Real quick, I'll, I'll round us out. Um, I have two questions, um, one of which uh, is just very general, so we'll get to that last. The The first one I want to ask is, all caution thrown to the wind, um, no limitations in your way. I feel like uh, – oh, actually, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't know the, the Evan story. So um, as far as, like, your podcast goes and the, the, the book talk, TikTok journey goes, you've, you've garnered this following – if if you could decide the outcome right now, what what does that look like? What what's the dream goal or the you know overall achievement? Um, well, I'm writing books right now. Um, a couple of them are in uh, heavy revisions. Uh, I've sent a couple off to agents, which have since been rejected with um, calls to rewrite and resubmit, which is the best kind of rejection you could get. Yeah. So that's really cool. Um, I still have a lot of work to do on those drafts, but uh, a couple of stories in particular that I'm really excited about that have decently high word counts that can be edited down into something that's, you know, nice and cohesive and readable, slap a nice cover on there, maybe a few, sell a few copies of those. But yeah, um, like uh, growing this audience, there is a, a, an ulterior motive to it, and it's so that I can 
sell books because I want to write books. Um, and I really yeah, enjoy man. writing books. I love it. Um, and I think I'm okay at it. Like it's, it's a very difficult craft. It's very time consuming, kind of staring at your, your own ineptitude all day. Um, but it, it is very fulfilling and that's what I want to do as a career. I mean, the, the podcast, I would, I would, I would keep going with it if, um, if I was published and anything took off in any, any way, the podcast is going to keep going. Um, as far as I'm concerned, like no matter what. Um, but yeah, I want to go to the conventions. I want to speak on the panels. I want to do the whole thing. Oh wanna, yeah, dude, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. And I think I can. I think I'm going to do it. It's going to be. Oh, right. for sure. I mean, yeah. well, yeah. right now you you have three people who are eagerly awaiting your books <laughs> cool. at, uh, right here yeah. on this podcast, and then and then any of our listeners, I'm sure. Um, but no, that that is that is really exciting, and I feel like the the uh, the following that you've garnered is really positive. And, uh, I, I think you'd have people chomping at the bit to, to help, um, support 100%. you. Yeah. yeah. No, I feel like I kind of maybe like painted myself into a little bit of a creative corner there. Cause, uh, you know, I talk about and critique and review <laughs> and uh, books all the time. They're going to be like, this better be good. You know, like this better, uh, but, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to have you back on and you know, when, whenever, and as, as a very published author at that, that's, this is going to be our, our huge pool. <laughs> totally. We're going to have Evan back when you're, when you're Brandon Sanderson level. Oh and, my God. I don't think I can handle that. <laughs> I don't know how he does it. Um, no. Yeah. God, that's, that's nice. some pressure. But yeah, that would be, um, I mean, right now I'm like, you know, I'm working in a restaurant of the, uh, I'm, I've kind of filed down the amount of um, work that I don't want to do that I have to do. I've kind of filed it down to like whatever the bare necessity is for that. So coasting on, you know, uh, probably less money than I should be, but um, <laughs> I need the time, you know, like time is the only finite thing right, right now. And yeah. um, it's very, very precious to me. Um, not sleeping like a whole lot right now but i'm trying to get as much work done and as consistently and with with as much quality as i can put into it obviously but um yeah i mean doing this full time for whatever amount i don't really care um i could do, if i if i made 1500 dollars a month doing this i'd scrape i'd just do it you know yeah I'd just eat chili every day or something <laughs> um yeah but this is absolutely um you know i tried i was in a i was in a very obscure indie band for a while um, we were trying to do it and, um, it's really difficult. You know, I mean, I've been trying to be a full-time artist since I was like 17. Um, and it is a grind, you know, and if you're out there listening and you, uh, you're trying to do it too, like you just, just don't, don't get discouraged by setbacks. Like you can do it. You just have to, you just have to keep hacking away at that tree. Like it is really, really difficult and you're gonna cry and you're gonna get a lot of disappointing emails and you're gonna get a lot of just your your expectations not being met but that's not representative of what you're actually doing it's just part of the process and it's uh <laughs> it is a long windy shitty road <laughs> it takes forever no doubt you know? Uh, well, you, you said it, you said it really well, uh, that, that time is finite and that's, what's precious. And we are incredibly, incredibly thankful and humbled that you have given us some of that finite time, uh, to come on the podcast. Um, so thank you. Thank you again so much. Um, and then that, that leads nicely as well to the last question. 
uh, which is simply how how can we bookends and friends us the hosts and our audience support Evan and book and book reviews kill and and everything you're doing in the future. Totally. Thank you for asking. Yeah, I mean just being on here is really big. I appreciate it. Um everybody that's listening right now, thank you very much for listening to me uh ramble about everything. I'm very passionate <laughs> about this stuff and uh, I try to be as tactful as I possibly can with everything. Uh but yeah, I mean I I do have a Patreon page. Uh, it's just under book reviews kill. Uh, some cheap tiers or some expensive tiers, but all of it helps quite a bit. Uh you know, it's just like go follow me on Instagram, get get those numbers bumped up. Get that algorithm working and um i mean most importantly as far as like if you are a podcast listener and you enjoy the one that i'm making with my friend uh it's like you know talk to your friends about it um those are fun conversations to have when you're just chatting at work or whatever about what you've been listening to and i, I feel like a word of mouth is still like a very big um oh, way, to, way to support people so yeah, but, uh, you know, uh, you can Venmo me, too. I don't care. Like, <laughs> <laughs> <here we> <laughs> Do whatever it takes. Yeah, I've got a wish list on Amazon. Buy me some books. <laughs> and, <laughs> like I need any more of them. <laughs> and, and the socials on those are all uh, book underscore reviews underscore kill, right? Yeah, some variation of that. I mean, okay. um, yeah, I think Twitter is just all one. They won't let you use periods or underscores. But, yeah, it's all book reviews kill. Cool. Well, we'll, uh, we'll bookmark this episode here, then, and kind of get you out of here to to your power washing simulator or (laughs) whatever you need to do tonight i love that tiktok (laughs) it's so genius oh yeah it works yeah all right yeah well let's let's bookmark it there thank you again evan um listeners go reach out to evan and show your support um any way you can uh, and, and also, obviously, thank you so much for listening to Bookings with Friends. Thank you for joining us. Um, remember, the, the book of the month this month is Lessons in Chemistry uh, by Bonnie Garmus. And we will be covering that the last Tuesday of the month. Um, so have it read by then and send in your discussions and quote of the weeks and all that jazz. Uh, and we will see you back next Tuesday. And remember, the real books were the friends who get along the way. Yeah.